This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 34. And we get back to one of those sections. As you go through scripture, you're going to find that there's some things that God, I hate to say harps on, but he definitely focuses in on. And he says, he says, these are the things that um, I'm asking you to do as far as your life is concerned, because, because without them, you find yourself in a lot of trouble. I, I love to hear Pastor Scales, Jimmy, he, he likes to quote me. When we're talking about the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you don't, if you don't watch it, you might get eat or it. And that's very Southern of us, but you do that. He is seeking whom he may devour and you might get it. You, you might, if you don't, if you don't watch it and you go, what context is that in? When is the devil going to eat us? Well, the Bible uses that illustration because if you ever watch any National Geographic shows, any nature shows about Africa, about the lions in Africa, they hunt as prides. And uh, generally speaking, even when they're hunting a big group of animals, their efforts are always to separate one animal out of the group. And they really don't care which one. In fact, the pride of lions can take down uh, a, a small elephant. They can take down uh, they can take down. A, even the strongest bull uh, of a water buffalo uh, herd. They can take down a lot of animals, but they can't take them down when there's two or three of them. They can't. When there are larger animals out there who, who they are trying to kill or capture, they can't take them down if two or three of them work together because, because there's a lot of danger of getting hurt, a lot of danger of getting killed, actually. A couple of water buffaloes fighting a, a pride of lions can win, because they're much bigger and much stronger. And you go, we're not much bigger and much stronger than um, the devil. Uh, That is true. That is absolutely true. We're not as strong as he is. We're not as wise or knowledgeable as he is. But we are as powerful spiritually as he is. In fact, we're more powerful because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have the authority of Jesus Christ. And when we operate together as a group, the kingdom is advanced because the enemy, uh, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And I give you that, I give you that whole illustration to explain to you why God harps on meeting together, harps on coming together as a church. Verse 21, this is remember that section where God's renewing that covenant and he's saying these are the things that are necessary. And he goes into detail about this. This is necessary. He says, six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. And then he says, in plowing time and in harvest, you shall rest. What he's saying is, you don't, you can't come up with the excuse that I have to work as the excuse of not meeting or gathering together as the body of Christ. Now, we all know that in our modern culture, there are uh, jobs that have to be done on, on Sunday, but that doesn't mean 
that you should, because you have a job on Sunday, that you shouldn't find you a place to fellowship and find you a place to meet with other believers. If you have a Sunday job, you need to find a church that, that has a Wednesday night, like we do, a Wednesday night Bible study, or maybe they have a Saturday event, or maybe they have Friday night events. Or You need to find a church where you can go and hear God's word and meet with God's people and have an opportunity maybe to worship, but you need to definitely be a part of a fellowship. Because if you're not, you are out there on your own, and Satan is looking to devour God's people. He is a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. Roaring indicates his boisterousness, his braggadocious, his, his ability to bring about fear in your life, his ability to herd you because you are afraid. And <clears throat> no matter what, when we're alone, we tend to be afraid. When we don't feel like we have any allies, anybody that's on our side, we tend to walk in fear. I, I deal with this a whole lot when I deal with those who, who are charged with crimes and, and maybe we're having to go to trial on those cases. I, I just we just I just got uh, back from um, a trial term or just got out of a trial term. And the uh, two people that I represented in that trial term, really, they only had me. And there was a, a palpable fear uh, on the part of those uh, two individuals whom I represented. I, I managed to get not guilty verdicts on both trials, but there was a fear for them, and all they had was me. We don't all we don't have to have just one person to take care of us. And oftentimes we think we'll just it'll be just us and God. But the problem is that God has clearly indicated that's not how He wants it done. That's not how He wants life to be lived as far as His people. He just I'm sorry if you think that you can do Christianity by yourself. You are clearly going against the teachings of Scripture. You cannot do Christianity by yourself. You cannot do you cannot do this God stuff on your own. You have to have others, and God clearly understood that, clearly knew that about us, and clearly throughout Scripture, he says, you got to be together. So he says, you got to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And then this passage where he explains to him, six days you can work. In fact, you shall work. Uh, shall is a legal term that means you have to. There's no wiggle room there. But on the seventh day, you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest, you shall rest. Now, we don't get legal about when that Sabbath is for you, but that being said, you have to have a time where you have a uh, you have physical rest and spiritual rest. And we know anybody who works uh, weeks on weeks at, on end without uh, taking a day off, they their their production and their ability to do their job just plummets over that time period. You need a physical rest. But you also need a spiritual rest against struggling with the life that you live in and the world that we're struggling with and the things that are going on. And you need time to be able to come in and for the enemy to be put at bay and for you to be able to hear from God and to be refreshed and renewed by God. And God knows that. He understands that about us. And he says he, we must, we must have a rest. And uh, I would encourage you to find that rest. I would encourage you to seek that rest out regularly in your heart and in your life. I would encourage you to find your place of rest, your time of spiritual renewal. It is necessary for us to have that time. He says, and you shall observe the feast of weeks of the first fruit of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Now I could have gone through the actual names of these three feasts, but these were the three feasts other than the uh, Passover feast, 
that God says, you, you shall observe these. Now notice, he's saying, I want you to observe, I want you to have a weekly time with me and my people. And then I want you to have a time, a festival time, where there's a concerted, pointed effort at spiritual renewal, spiritual growth, spiritual understanding. And these harvest, these festivals were times of celebrating God. There were great times of teaching, great times of uh, preaching for uh, God's people. They were great times of worship, and they were great times of renewal of God's people. And he says, you shall have these times. Now, our modern Protestant churches have these times also in, in their life, that we celebrate holidays, and we celebrate times and seasons, and we have emphasis as far as spiritual emphasis and Bible studies and time periods like that. And, and those time periods are time periods to move the body of Christ forward, to move the church forward. And you need to participate in those things. So many people want to play Christianity on the sidelines or they want to play it up in the stands is just a, just a uh, spec. Uh, Christianity is not a spectator event. It is a get involved participatory event. You need to participate and be involved in what God's doing. And he, he says, if you can't do everything, you need to find something that you're for sure being involved in. And these feasts and these festivals point to different aspects of what God is do, has done for the children of Israel, which point to what Jesus eventually does for us. So these festivals were to ingrain into God's people the work of God in their lives. He's, and he says, you got to do it. You got to show up. Now notice, then he gets very specific here in verse 23. He says, three times in the year, all your men shall appear before the Lord uh, God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. Neither will man uh, covet your land when you go up to appear before the Lord, your God, three times in the year. Now, he's saying this for an important reason, because men have the tendency to advocate their responsibilities to women in their lives. They do. And that is a flaw of the sin nature of man. We tend to abdicate our responsibilities in the family. We tend to abdicate some, a lot of times our responsibilities at work. And we tend to, many times, advocate our spiritual responsibilities in the family and in the body of Christ. And God gets real specific here. I always have understood as a pastor, when you go in and, and you're dealing with a new congregation, a new group of people, I always understood that when God's moving, God, the women of the church will, will, will feel that movement. They will hear the movement and they will respond to it. Uh, their hearts tend to be open to that and not abdicating their responsibilities as the mothers, as the female uh, in the family. Uh, they tend not to do that. They tend to grab hold of that. And as their role in the church, which they have a very important role to play in the church, many times leadership roles in the church. Most churches have a lot of female leaders. That being said, we have a lot of our ministries that are led by females. And that there's nothing wrong with that. That being said, what does he say? He didn't say the women shall appear before the Lord, the God of Israel. He says the men shall. And the excuse that I have responsibilities at home or I need to do this to take care of my job or my family. He says, listen, if you think that's a, if you think that's an excuse for you not to take on your spiritual responsibilities, you're wrong. So he says, I'm going to cast the nations out before you. And when you come up with the fest with the feast, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it such that they don't attack Israel while the feasts are going on. That's not gonna happen for you. 
you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. That's not going to happen for you. I'm going to I'm going to protect the nation while the men of the nation do what they're supposed to be doing, spiritually speaking, while they do what they're responsible for. And what are they responsible for? Well, they're responsible for taking on their spiritual leadership role in the nation, in the family, and in their community. Men have a responsibility to take on leadership roles in the nation, in the family, and in their local communities. And anywhere where you have a place where men are not functioning in those roles properly, you are going to have, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of communal problems in the community. You're going to have a lot of family problems in the families and your nation is going to suffer. And one of the things that we have going on is that we are not calling and expecting men to take on their spiritual roles in the community, to take on their spiritual roles in the church, and to take on their spiritual roles in their family. And when we have that going on, there is a major problem. And we see that in our justice system with all the young men who are who have no direction, have no place to, to head, no one to look at, to lead them out. We see that in our, our families that are broken and torn up. And we see that in the weakness of our church. God basically saying here, listen, I'm going to drive them out before you. My power is going to be upon you, and I'm going to drive out uh, the inhabitants of the land when you get there. And then when you have these feasts, my power is going to keep them from having any access to the lands that I've given you. You come up and handle the feast. I'm going to protect you spiritually. I'm going to provide that shield of protection for you. And you make sure you serve the responsibilities that you have, family responsibilities, community responsibilities, church responsibilities. You fill those responsibilities and do what you're supposed to do. And I will handle the things behind you. And let me tell you something. When we have, when we, everywhere I've ever been, the women will come to the altar. They'll respond to God. But when you finally get the men responding to God, when you finally get the men coming and humbling themselves and seeking God out, that's when you see real revival. That's when you see, see a really huge push in the spiritual nature and the spiritual power of the church. That's when you see families that are strong and families that are producing children. That's also, by the way, when you'll see a lot of children at a church. It's not when the women bring their children to church. It's when their fathers bring their children to church. That's when you really begin to see we've been blessed with a lot of children. We started out with a, a number of children, but Vacation Bible School, these are children that we have relationships with. We they, They're not just there for the showing up. We've had, we had dozens and dozens of children. Why? Because men have begun to take on their proper role in the community, in the family, and in the church. Their roles that God has divinely appointed them to, and they are necessary roles. If you think that, if you think that God can do it just with a couple of men and all the women pulling through. He can do it. The problem is he ain't going to do it because he, he's not. that's not how he works. He's not going to do that. I'm sorry I used ain't for those of you who are not from the South watching this now or sometime in the future, but he ain't going to do it. That's just how he, he requires men to take on their responsibility. We, we can't have the movement of God when people, when God's people uh, of faith don't act properly. And 
just half of us doing it is not enough. It, it takes all of us doing it. And so he says three times in, in the year, all your men shall appear. He says, you, you don't have an excuse not to show up to church because you got work each week. And then you don't have an excuse for these feasts, these special times of anointing, these special times of growth. You don't have an excuse uh, for not showing up and not doing your, what your role is and your responsibility is in the church for those. And let me tell you something. Vacation Bible School, we had a lot of men there working. Had a lot of men there working. We had a lot of women, for sure. Uh, always do for Vacation Bible School. You never have a situation for Vacation Bible School where you don't have women showing up. When you have men showing up, that's what that's what holds it. It make it brings everything back around to its fullness. You're, you're not missing anything. You have the whole enchilada. Everything's together, and that's how the kingdom works. And God knows that the women won't abdicate those responsibilities, but the men sure will. And he. Throughout scripture, he will get very pointed with men. And he says, you need to take on your responsibility in the church. And when we do that, when we do that powerfully, we have the whole congregation together. We have the whole body together. We have the whole plan together. The team is assembled and the kingdom is prepared to move forward. And so what I'd say to you today, if you're a man, I'm not talking to the women or the women. I've, I've never had a problem with the women doing what they should be doing. <clears throat> but if you're a man out there today and you're playing games with God, not showing up, not doing your living up to your responsibilities, uh, stop, stop. Don't worry about, I hadn't done it. I, I don't know a whole lot and all that. You can come up with every milly mouth excuse why you can't do what God's told you to do. Stop, quit, quit doing that. Just show up. God will fill you up. God will teach you. God will grow you. He'll get you ready quicker than you ever imagined. And before you know it, you will be operating in the spiritual power that he meant for you to operate. And listen, our community, our church, our family, our nation will be better for it. And we need you. We need you. God desires for you to be there, and we want you. And I would say get involved in what God's doing. Sound good? As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.